Hello there, I'm Patrick Struth, trusted authority in executive and transactional liability and president of Rubicon M&A Insurance Services. Now a proud member of the Liberty Company Insurance Broker Network. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today, I'm joined by Jamar Freeman, founder of Moonshot Equity Partners. Moonshot acquires small and mid-sized IT support, cybersecurity, and telecommunications businesses to build larger, stronger, and higher-performing companies that deliver on a variety of IT solutions. And it's great to have you here, uh, Jamar. Welcome to the program. Hey, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, before we get into Moonshot Equity Partners and, you know, very, very cool name, but before we get there, let's start with you. What led you to this point in your career? Oh, man. So I'll I take you back to the beginning uh, where, it, where it all started. So, uh, you know, I'm from a small town in North Carolina. Um, you know, I was, well, I had the opportunity to, um, you know, spend a lot of time with my grandparents. Um, so, you know, in that small town, well, just to give you some context of how small it was and maybe a little humor here, uh, we had two stoplights. One of them was a real stoplight and the other one was kind of like a caution light. It just blinked. Wow. Um, but, you know, growing up there, I had um, my grandparents instilled some uh, some core values in me, some hard work, integrity and uh, accountability. And, and this other thing also kind of served me. Um, I guess in the house growing up where I didn't get so many spankers and, you know, also now that I'm a grown man and out in the world, but uh, when you walked into the house, uh, they had a, a black and white plaque on the wall that said, um, always be quiet or keep your big mouth shut until you know what you're talking about. So I kind of, you know, try to live by that, uh, you know, daily. Um, but even though we had, you know, limited resources in, in that, uh, in that small little town, you know, I've always had the desire to help people and I wanted to do so without becoming a doctor. So, um, I figured business and technology was my way to do that. So I went to college and, and picked up three degrees around uh, IT. After graduating, I started out as a, a tech support engineer in the semiconductor industry. And then I um, got out of that and, and started leading teams to deliver uh, IT infrastructure and, and building out call centers uh, worldwide. And then I got into um, leading teams to design, develop, and deploy software and technology. And uh, some, some big accomplishments there that I had was helping the company increased the annual revenues by $6 million in one year, and then also the design and development, deploying another technology solution to help another company um, deploy the solution out to over 100 pharmacies in the U.S. and it saved them $30 million. And uh, so after that, I started uh, my own consulting company. Um, same thing here. We help you know, deliver technology projects and uh, manage the relationships uh, between technology service providers. And then uh, what led to Moonshot is, you know, I kind of wanted to build a, a, a larger company, a larger company, smarter and faster. So uh, Moonshot was born. Well, great. Well, now, you know, you didn't name it Jamar Freeman Capital. You named it Moonshot, <laughs> which is cool. We're, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happily surprised you, you that name was available. But uh, how'd you come up with that? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't name it Jamar, but that sounded a little boring, man. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Moonshot is... Because I will, my goal is to build the world's largest, you know, alternative investment management company. So, um, you know, it's my moonshot. What else is there? You know, you're shooting for the moon. Fantastic. Now you're you're focusing yeah. on lower middle market and real real small market IT. Talk about that. What why that space as opposed to other areas? 
Well, pretty much it's, it's a huge market. It's uh, highly fragmented. You know, most of the companies in the, the scale that we're looking at, they like the critical mass, the scale of the competitive. Um, they like robust sales, you know, marketing and development strategies. And, you know, they they like the tools to enhance capabilities. And, uh, you know, there's limited growth opportunities for employees. So typically what you see in, in these these this market we target in the 5 to $10 million range is, you know, they're losing a lot of key employees because, they don't like I said. They don't. They don't offer the opportunities, and the benefits aren't as good as well. So they go up the bigger competitor. Um. So you know, we bring the resources to to help with that. And so, so by doing that, you're not just helping owners, founders, management. You're you're showing a pathway for everybody to improve their lives. Absolutely. That's that, that's fantastic. Well, let's talk about what you deliver because you've got that, you know, holistic approach, which is great for the organization and the people there. Tell me about the other things. What else does Moonshot bring to the table for the lower middle market? Well, I, I, I think here in some of this, uh, four things here I say is, is key to what we bring to them. Um, you know, it's our values, you know, we believe in operating with a sense of community, integrity, love, and, you know, doing work beyond financial gains. You know, we understand the intangibles that a business gives an owner. You know, they get achievement, camaraderie, you know, freedom, identity, and purpose. We want to make sure they keep that. Using due diligence. You know, most people use due diligence as a way to discount the price. Um, we're using it as a way to find a solution or a way to, to pay the, the valuation in full. You know, typically as well, you know, a lot of buyers come in and they set the growth target so high that they actually end up owning the business for only what they pay for you know, at, at the closing. And, you know, half of the valuation is the owner, you know, doesn't get. So, uh, you know, being that the owner's already, Patrick, you know how how uh, hard it is to build a business. So, yeah. you know, we kind of want to reward the owners for that because they've already put in the energy, the time and the money to get it off the ground that we just coming in the hands. So we want to make sure we reward them for that. So basically trying to give them a guarantee in some sense. And for the evaluation that they'll get in the full. And the other thing we bring here is a, you know, a proven framework uh, to scale companies with less than um, $10 million in revenue to over $100 million. And that must be, that, that's really helpful because, you know, it takes one skill set to get to a million revenue and another skill set to get to 10 million revenue. And then a whole nother skill set as, as you go uh, up market on that. And, you know, Absolutely. the owners and founders, they, they want to do it. They just need the experience and, and somebody to direct them in the way because they know their business, but they can't get outside of that. I think it was also interesting where you talk about a guarantee payment where you come up with a valuation, you come up with a purchase price and maybe their, their earnouts or whatever. And it sounds like you're going to work with them that maybe they don't hit that earnout date immediately. Well, it doesn't expire. You're gonna, you know, stay with them and and see it through. I think I think that's very very refreshing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I said, it's it's you want to reward them because they already put in the you know the hard work. You know, it, it, this is the fun part. Of course, it's hard. You know, coming in, taking over, and building something, but um, it's a lot easier than building something from the ground up. Okay, now paint us a picture. What is your profile for an ideal candidate for an investment? What are you looking for? So right now we're we're focused on the southeastern U.S. market um, mm-hmm. companies that generate between you know five and ten uh, million uh, in top line revenue a year. Um, you know low concentration, low employment turnover, and, and of course low customer churn. Um, but from a high level, oh, and of course you know a high level of monthly recurring revenue. But from a high level, that's the things that we look at. 
And these are SaaS, telecommunications, cybersecurity, those types of software, things like that? Yeah, exactly. Okay, fantastic. And then with the concentration down there in the southeast corner of the country, we're talking Florida, Georgia, um, the Carolinas, things like that? Yeah, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, even on up into uh, the Alabama. Okay, fantastic. Now, one of the things that's really assisting this uh, process now is that there's an insurance product out there that enables the buyer and the seller to transfer some risk away. So they're not betting they're not betting the house that the deal is perfect. They they want to go ahead and get some kind of backup and hedge hedge their investments. And what's been nice is the insurance industry has come in with a product called reps and warranties, which is now available for deals as small as a million dollars in enterprise value to 30 million in enterprise value on a particular program. So, you know, it's ideally suited for that and it's going to help get the get these uh, these transactions uh, fixed up pretty, pretty quickly. But, you know, don't take my word for it. Jamar, good, bad, or indifferent, what experience have you had with rep and warranty insurance? Uh, I think it's a standard order, you know, um, you know, so pretty SOP. Um, you know, most times what we see is, you know, part of the purchase price gets put in the escrow account um, to ensure nothing different happens than what was represented, you know, by the seller that they're in due diligence. And, you know, owners, uh, they will purchase a, a reps and warranty insurance package, you know, to kind of offset that risk um, if something comes up. So, I mean, it's pretty typical and standard. So now, as we're going through, and I think that we're, we're looking at this as we're coming to the last third of 2022, and we're already beginning to see signs of, even though there's a lot of economic and macro headwinds, M&A activity is picking up uh, from the summertime, and the summer was fairly robust. Uh, Jamar, what do you see going forward from now into 2023? And this is M&A in general or Moonshot Equity Partners in particular. What do you see? Yeah, I, I see, uh, you know, the, the, the sector is kind of slowing down a little bit, um, but the valuations are remaining high. And the reason the value, the reason why it's slowing down is because there's uncertainty with investors, you know, due to anticipation of a recession. And, um, you know, even we have some high employment in this sector as well, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's high, but it's not, as, it's not as bad as other, you know, other sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for the, uh, the couple of reasons for high valuations is, um, you know, in order for companies to remain, you know, competitive, they have to make the digital transformations. These businesses assist with that. Um, they also have a high amount of monthly current revenue and, and attractive cash flows. They offer robust uh, infrastructure. And, you know, they provide stability. And um, also, they uh, companies. What's really important here, and, and they're keeping the valuation high, is uh, companies still outsource to this sector um, in recessionary markets. And the reason for that is because um, when you outsource the IT services that kind of helps you lower your cost because now you don't have to, you can get rid of full-time staff. Not that mm-hmm. that's something you want to do, but it's a way to offset it. You know, you don't have to take on those full costs um, to hire people and you can rent equipment and all of that type of stuff. Yeah. You're talking so, about M- MSPs. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a definite trend that, that we're going to know. Um, anything on the future for Moonshot Equity Partners in particular coming up? Uh, well, we're in the middle of um, raising a fund. Um, you know, soft cap, fifty million, uh, uh, hard cap, one hundred million. So we're kind of heads down. Um, you know, raising the capital, and we have a couple of uh, transactions right now in process. Well, um, you know, that we're going through. Okay, great. And then, uh, how long has Moonshot Equity Partners been around? 
I uh, started uh, about a little over a year ago when we when we start really hitting the ground and getting up and running. Okay, I mean to put this in perspective, when I began in my practice with mergers and acquisitions, there were probably about three thousand private equity firms out there. That's more than double in the last five years, and it's because of organizations like yours. And we wish you all the success in the world, Jamar Freeman from Moonshot Equity Partners. How can our audience members find you? Oh, uh, you can. Our website is. Uh, you know, moonshotequitypartners.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn or uh, if you want to shoot me an email, you know, Jamar, I'm with Jay Freeman at moonshotequitypartners.com. Well, great. Again, Jamar Freeman from Moonshot Equity Partners. Thanks so much for being here. Really nice to meet you. And I wish you all the best of luck. I appreciate it, Patrick.